struggling to get into their first home, a lot of people from out of state are coming in with a lot of money and it makes it hard for the first time home buyer to compete. And I remember in times past, the first time home buyer for sure could find a two or three bedroom home, one bath, and now those houses are priced, I, I can't believe how highly they're priced. Yeah, they've gone up quite a bit in the past few years. And it's, it's really tough because a lot of the people that used to be in the mid-ranged homes are now competing with the first-time home buyer for the lower-priced homes because that's all they can afford now. And I've talked to a lot of families that are just resigned. I guess we'll just have to keep renting. Do you recommend that? I wouldn't recommend just renting. Uh, one way or another, you're going to be paying a mortgage. Might as well be yours instead of your landlord's. At least that way you can build up some equity in the home that you can use down the road either for repairs or you can use that as a stepping stone to get a good down payment for the next house, the house that you move into. So if you don't recommend renting, what are some ways that uh, first-time home buyers can find an opportunity to get into their own home? Well, the biggest thing that they need to do is they need to sit down with a lender. Uh, they need to find out what they're qualified or if they're even qualified for anything. Uh, a lot of people start the process and they think it's like buying a car where you go out, you find the car you want, and then you get the financing for it. And in today's market, homes are selling so fast that if you do it that way, by the time you talk to the lender and find out what you can qualify, that house that you fell in love with is now somebody else's house. It's gone. Yeah. Okay, so step one, talk to the lender. Yeah, talk to the lender and as you're talking with them, listen to what they're asking for and get them the things that they need as quickly as possible because homes are selling so fast that you have to be pre-qualified and have all of your ducks in a row uh, before you go look at a house because most houses that first-time home buyers are in the market for they have a lot of competition they have several offers in at the same time and if you don't have your financing in place you're not going to be considered for that home no i i I can see how you wouldn't. Now, getting, you mentioned having everything lined up and ready. Does that include have, saving up the money for a down payment? Um, traditionally, people had to have quite a big down payment. Back in 2008, it wasn't that way. They used to be able to do it with little to no money down, and then they had the market crash in 2008, and they really tightened up the lending and required more money down. Now they've kind of backed off of that a little bit and the market has kind of corrected and people are now able to get in, in some cases, with no money down again. But the lending is a lot tighter than it used to be, so you can get in with no money down, but the guidelines for qualifying for that uh, help you get in a position where the bank knows that you actually can afford that home. So things like proof of employment and earnings, right? Yeah, the lender will definitely ask for those things. They're going to ask for 
at least your last two uh, bank statements. Uh -huh. uh, they're going to ask for two months usually worth of uh, your payment pay stubs, uh, pay stubs. Uh -huh. and uh, they're going to ask for two years worth of tax returns because they want to know that you have a history of making the okay. money that you're saying that you make. So gather those documents and take them with you when you go to meet with the lender. Yeah, and f the first thing is talk to the lender and find out exactly what they need because different lenders have oh, different okay. things that they require uh -huh. and uh, it's easier to come in with exactly what they need because they might be asking for something that you didn't think of. Okay. Uh, do you recommend you know, credit unions over traditional banks or just, just whatever letter, lender your uh, family wants to work I, with? I think the biggest thing is find somebody that you can trust. Okay. Um, if, if you trust them and you know that they're going to do a good job for you, uh, that's the big thing. You can shop around. I uh, do give uh, referrals uh, to people from both credit unions, banks, and private lenders and I let my clients decide who they want to work with. Mm -hmm. I don't want them to to use the person that I sent them and have that person not take care of them. So I usually send at least two or three referrals to them of lenders that they can talk to so they can kind of decide on their own who they want to use because most of most of those people the rates are pretty similar. Okay. Um, there yes. might be some fees that they charge different um, and for me I think the biggest thing is just having the right personality and working well with people because if you don't connect with the person you're you're using as a lender it makes it a long process oh yes I can see that it would okay so they've talked to a lender is there anything about maybe lowering their expectations or? Yeah, as I meet with my clients, I talk to them about number one, what the lender says that they're qualified for. Okay. Um, I won't show homes to people unless they know what they're qualified for uh -huh. because there's nothing worse than finding your dream home and then finding out that you can't own that home. Okay, um, so you get that number first. Yeah, I don't want people to be frustrated okay. and uh, nothing frustrates you more than finding something you want and finding out you can't have it. Yes. And so I, I sit down with my clients and, and with the lender and make sure what they're qualified for and I actually suggest that they get a home that's a little bit less than what they're qualified for uh -huh. because you don't want to be house poor. And, and so what I mean by being house poor is that if your payment is too high on your home, then you can't afford to, let's say, go out to eat or go to the movies, or uh, if you've got kids, you might not be able to have them do sports or other things that you want to do. You can't go on family vacations, and nobody wants to have a nice home but not be able to enjoy their life. You know, that brings a lot of stress to families. Yeah. And I've seen it break families apart, just that stress of money. Yeah, it, it's one of the highest uh, causes of divorce is the finances not being there, not having enough to cover your expenses. Yeah. 
So that's a big consideration. Make sure you're in a house you can't afford. Now, I have heard you talk about how you were able to help your daughter get into her first home and save her from just money. You talked about rent. You know, what, yeah. what the financial advantages of paying rent are? Uh, there's really not advantages <laughs> of paying but, rent. Well, you mentioned you're not paying your mortgage, you're paying your landlord's mortgage, yeah. right? Yeah, yes. one way or the other, you're going to be paying somebody's okay. mortgage. It might as well be yours. Okay. Uh, because you can earn a lot of equity in that home as the, the value of the home appreciates. Uh, you're able to capture that gain in, okay. in the value of the home. Now, for um, your daughter, I mean, yeah. Yeah, and so with my daughter, uh, what happened was she had been newly married and they had uh, decided that they were thinking of buying a home. And uh, I, I walked her through the process and I got her qualified before we looked at anything. Well, before I looked at things with right. her, I couldn't stop her from looking. Yeah, that's at, true, that's true. Uh, a lot of buyers, they, they get so anxious, they're looking at things, and, and uh, she wanted me to go show her homes before she was qualified, and I wouldn't do it. I told her, it's not worth it. I don't want you to find what you want and then not be able to get it. And uh, that was hard for her. Good dad, good and, dad. Uh, and, it, and it's hard for a lot of buyers. Oh, and yes. So um, that's why I educate people before the process even starts so that they know what to expect and so they know that I'm looking out for their best interests. I don't want them to be frustrated and uh, you can easily get frustrated when you find the house and then you can't get it. That would be a heartbreak and I, I, I know I, I, I've been there, I've done that, found the house fell in love, pictured myself in it, where I was going to put the furniture, and yeah, oh yeah, you don't want to do that. Yeah, and so I, I helped her with that, and once we got her qualified with the lender, uh, we started looking at houses. And originally she was wanting a house, um, just a single family home um, on some land, and uh, we started looking, and the prices were high enough that with her expectations, uh, she she didn't want something that was a fixer-upper. She wanted something really nice and so for their budget a single-family home didn't fit into their budget. And so we ended up finding a townhouse mm -hmm. um, after, and it was after a long process. Three different times she actually backed out of the whole process because she couldn't find what she wanted. Yeah. and was frustrated getting outbid by other people. And so I, I helped her through that and we finally ended up finding a townhouse down in Provo that she really liked. When we found that, uh, we had been outbid so many times on other townhouses that we had put offers in on that we had to put an offer $8,000 higher than what the seller was asking for the townhouse. Uh, to be able that's, to that's the market the we're in people. now yeah. yeah and so that that is kind of common on lower priced homes okay. um, there is going to be a lot of competition and you're going to have to outbid other people to be able to buy that home and so we helped her with that we ended up getting the home 
for $164,000. And when was this? Was this? Uh, this was uh, July of 2016. Okay, so July of 2016. And uh, so we bought the, the townhouse, uh, they moved into it, loved it for a while, but they had a dog. And with the townhouse, there was an HOA and there were rules on having dogs and how much noise they can make and, and things like that. And so there was a neighbor in the area that didn't like them having the dog and she would walk her dog by their dog and make their dog bark and then file a complaint with the HOA about my uh -huh. daughter's dog barking. Yeah. And so it got to the point where there were enough complaints that one more time they were going to be kicked out or get rid of the dog. Yeah. And so they ended up selling the townhouse. We put it up for sale. When, when we put it up, uh, we put it up for 200000 That's That's a huge gain from the 164 yes. that they had originally paid for the townhouse. And that was in, like, at that point it was 18 months, so a year and a half that they had owned the home, and it had gone up almost $40,000 if we got the, the asking price. Yeah. And so that's that's a huge gain uh, in equity for people. And that if she hadn't done that, she would have been paying rent for another 18 months. Yeah, and, and would have had nothing up, to show for it. And she ended up with enough of a down payment to get... Yeah, they, they built a home out in Eagle Mountain and uh, were able to put a big chunk of money down uh, because of selling that. Uh, we actually got... The, the townhouse sold for two hundred and five thousand five hundred, so five thousand five hundred more than what we had asked us. for, and uh, that put her over four thousand more or forty thousand more than what she had originally bought it for. So if they, if their first time home buyer can just accept that they're not going to get their dream home with that first purchase and sometimes that's hard to accept yeah but it sounds like she was happy there for 18 months i mean it wasn't yeah. and now she's in a home probably a lot closer yeah and to what uh, she wanted yeah it is it's it's more than twice as big as the townhouse was okay and uh, she was able to get a new home, almost 3,000 square feet, where the townhouse was uh, just under 1,300 square feet. She ended up uh, paying 284 for the new house, and it fits their situation a lot better. They've got a son now, uh -huh. and uh, it's uh, a lot better fit for them. A yard. Yeah, that's what she a wanted. A yard. Yeah, they're actually uh, working with the neighbors right now on putting a fence in between the yards and um, and getting it all closed off so their dog can roam and not have to worry about mm -hmm. uh, people walking by. Um, yeah, so it'll be good for them. And that is really an encouraging story for young families. And right now, it is a seller's market. Uh, 
Would, yeah. that, would that be your observation? Oh, it's definitely a seller's market. Definitely a good time to sell a home. And I know there are some people who want to take advantage of that, but their home requires some repairs that they're not sure they can afford. They want to, don't know if they need to take out a, should, you know, is it worth it to take out a loan to do these repairs and sell your home? Yeah, and there's a lot of people that are in that situation. Most people, when they buy a home, um, they they kind of push the limit of what they can qualify for. Yes. And uh, and get kind of house poor, like I talked yes. about. And uh, when it comes time to sell their home, they've lived in it for a couple of years, and there are maybe some updates that need to be made. Maybe they need to paint. Maybe the carpet is worn out. Uh, some other minor things, or maybe they would want to finish out a basement so that they could get more money for the home when it sells, but they don't have the funds to do that. And they kind of wrestle with the idea of taking out maybe a home equity loan to do those repairs and then sell it, or borrow money from friends or family or somebody to to get those repairs done. Charge all the credit cards. Yeah, <laughs> which makes it hard. If you charge the credit cards, you're not going to be able to buy the next house because your yeah. uh, debt to income ratios yeah. are going to be right. out. And, Plus uh, you're paying back at a much higher interest rate than yeah. a home equity loan. Yeah, and I, recently I've uh, talked to a guy that is a handyman and uh, this is something that I I am so grateful for because I've talked with him and he's actually willing to do repairs for people that want to sell their home and not get paid until closing on the home oh. when they sell it. Okay, now say that again. Uh, he is willing to do the repairs, pay for the materials, uh, not get paid for his time until the house sells. Oh. Which allows those type of people that want to do the repairs so that they can sell the house for more money allows them to do that without having to come up with the cash mm -hmm. up front or put it on cards or do a home equity loan to be able to pay for those repairs. And so it opens up a whole new option for people that want to do those repairs but just don't have the funds to do it and it allows them to be able to get top dollar for their home and have it fixed up the way people really want it to be when they buy a home. That is awesome. That's gonna help a lot of families. And you know, some people wonder, do you really need a, a real estate agent? But just by talking to you, I can tell you can help buyers, first time buyers, you have a wealth of information resources for them and anyone selling you have connections and a yeah. lot of worthwhile information there and just knowing you personally I know you really care about families you're a family man yourself yeah I, I've been married for 25 years I've got six kids four girls and uh, two boys and uh, family is very important to me and uh, it's something that that I want to share with other people is that you can have better relationships in your family when you own your own home because you're not worried about the noise 
that other neighbors are going to hear through the walls. Um, you're you're not worried about maybe a dog um, and having having problems with that. You can get in a safer neighborhood. Yeah, and a lot of times you can't jump right into having no. your own yard, but it's a stepping stone. A lot of times. Yeah. Uh, people, especially now, people want things right now. Yes. Uh, a lot yes, of times, we do. it's hard for us to delay that gratification of having what we want. And if people can look at it as a stepping stone, or um, I've I've heard the the phrase that the the journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step. Yes. And that first step would be talking to the lender and then the next step is getting the results from the lender or giving information to the lender so you can get qualified and then all those steps to get qualified and once you do that then you can start the process of taking those bigger steps of looking for that home uh -huh. and then the step of putting offers in and um, negotiating with the other side to try and work on a price that works for everybody and and so everything is kind of a process uh, it's not just a simple thing of I'm buying a house let's go do it yes uh, you, you've got to go through certain steps and my goal is to help people avoid the frustration that comes through that process because I guarantee you there's going to be some frustration. Yes. There are going to be hurdles you've got to go over and hoops to jump through. And if you know those things ahead of time and know what to expect, when you have those hurdles, it doesn't seem as big of a hurdle as it would if you didn't know that it was coming. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I'm, I'm taking any new course. It, it certainly helps to have a road map, talk to someone who has been down that road and can offer advice. And I'm encouraged to hear that young families don't have to just wait it out. Yeah. It sounds to me, go ahead, get into that first home, however humble, and start earning some equity. Start paying your own mortgage. Yeah. And, I mean, just as an example with my daughter, if she wouldn't have bought when she did, she wouldn't be in the nice home that she's in now. No. And if she tried buying the same townhouse that she bought then, she would have had to pay for over 40000 more to get the same place. Yes. And, That's true. And prices are continuing to go up because there's not enough homes for sale. And there's a lot more people that are leaving other states like California and those people have a lot more money because the homes there are a lot more expensive. So if they sell their home in California, they've got a lot of extra money that they can put down on a home here. And that's who the first time home buyers competing with. Yeah. And so that's that's my goal is to help the people that are getting left behind. The first time yes. home buyers are really struggling and a lot of agents don't want to work with them. Most what? brokers are telling their agents list homes, don't work with buyers. Oh. And so there's not a lot of agents out there that really want to help those buyers. 
they're all looking for the, the quick buck of listing a home because if you list the home, it sells. Yeah. And so all they have to do is list the home and then they wait for agents to call them and then they accept offers and, and that's all they have to do. Where if you're working with a first time home buyer, a lot of times there's maybe some credit issues that you've got to deal with. Um, maybe their income isn't high enough and so it puts them down in a bracket where they can't really get the home they want and so they're a little frustrated and the agent doesn't want to work with somebody that's frustrated Yeah. and so they won't help them and I want to help as many people as I can get into their first home especially people that number one don't think they can qualify for a home mm -hmm. um, or think that because of their credit they can't get into a home well maybe they can't right now but if you work with them a little bit and teach them how to spend money in the right areas and pay off some things that need to be paid off instead of spending money on something that really doesn't help their situation uh, you can help them get to a point where they can qualify it might be six months it might be a year down the road before they're ready but I'm willing to spend that time with them and work together with them and a lender to get a plan in place so that they can be ready to buy a house down the road. That is great. So how do people contact you? Best way is to give me a call. I'm always uh, available on my phone. Uh, the number is 801-787-6625. And uh, I'd love to hear from them, love to sit down with them and have them uh, talk to the right lender that can help them out and uh, get them started on that path. Get start that first step. That's great. And I will have Ron's contact information on the page with the podcast episode. Ron, thank you so much for your time. You have a lot of a lot to offer first-time home buyers. Hope they take advantage of it. Yeah, I hope they do too. Uh, more than anything, I just want to help other people. Thank you. Have a great day. All right. Thanks. She is the owner of Go Green Home Maintenance Service. I met Denise through some networking and we found we share a commitment to supporting families from different aspects, but still we value families. Denise, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Denise, tell us about your business and where you're based, what you do, 